chapter 16. And we are going to start reading at verse number 26. Acts 16. And we will start reading in verse 26. When you, uh, as you're turning there and grabbing your Bibles, if you will stand, we're going to ask you to do that once more in uh, respect and reverence for the Word of God. We sure appreciate God's Word, that precious, powerful Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 16. And we are going to look and start reading in verse 26. If you're there with me, would you say amen? amen. There are many familiar with this particular story out of the life and ministry of Paul and Silas. And uh, we're going to look here at a couple of things specifically and uh, ask, just believe the Lord to help us this morning. Verse 26 says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out a sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I've often said I believe that's the greatest question proposed in Scripture. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And I like this. They don't stop with him. They said, And thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. I don't normally look at a particular time or a particular Sunday to preach necessarily a theme. But this particular thought had been on my heart and this is, today is Mission Sunday and, and not only with this being Mission Sunday and the challenge that is, I believe, presented before us as we look at the Word of God of how necessary it is that we minister the gospel, live the gospel, exemplify the gospel around all who we are in contact with. God has challenged our hearts today with this message. Wednesday night, we preached on the God of whosoever. All can be saved. And throughout the course of this week, I have had many conversations, phone calls, and text messages from people who have talked about Wednesday night's message and what I believe God is stirring in some hearts. 
in regards to those that you love, those that you know, those that are in our community, your workplace, your school, in your own household, sitting around your own kitchen table of who he's dealing with us about and believing and us believing that God's going to do a work in the lives of those that we love. And along that thought and along these things, God's been dealing with my heart. But I'm going to preach for just a few moments this morning on the thought, be the reason. Amen. Be the reason. Can we pray together this morning? Father, I thank you today for your faithfulness. I thank you for every life that is represented in this house. And Lord, always I know and do believe it is not by happenstance those that are in this building But I believe as you have directed. Lord, even if we are not acknowledging of it, we might think it was just a day to get up and be in your house. But today there's purpose. Today there's plan for every life that's in here. And I pray let your word go forth with that anointing and power. Let it rest in our ears that are open, hearts that are tender. Anoint my mind and my lips, I pray, to preach this gospel. Hide me behind the cross, I pray. We want you to be seen and you to be heard. And Father, not a personality or a person. But Lord, we're looking to you and I thank you for what you'll do. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and tell somebody, say, you've been saved for a reason. Go ahead and tell them. You've been saved for a reason. And now tell them this, we need to be that reason. We need to be that reason. Amen. We have been saved for a reason, for a purpose, and it is imperative. I believe it is expedient that we become the reason. And I will elaborate, and we're going to walk through this this morning and look at what God would challenge our hearts with here today. When I began to think about uh, the reason... Uh, First, let me say that there is, I believe, a distinct difference between reason and excuse. Let me just put that out there right now. Amen. Because there are many times that uh, there are excuses that we might present as to why we cannot do something. Why we cannot be maybe what we should be. Maybe excuses as to why we are acting, living, uh, our hearts, our attitudes, whatever the case might be, uh, that we give excuses of why those things go on or of what is uh, what it's pertaining to, whatever the case might be. And uh, this morning, I, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm treading on dangerous water because there are some of you that right now, you're already kind of looking cross-eyed by what I said because you'd say, well, my excuses are very valid reasons. My excuses are very valid justifications. But uh, I've come to believe that excuses, uh, and we know what an excuse is, it, it, it provides us a momentary exit, a momentary explanation as to why we did not follow follow through with something. Uh, and, and when I think of excuses and when I think of different things, it's a, it's a It's kind of like, uh, have you ever sent your children on a mission to find something? 
And, and, and let me just tell you this. It can be maddening. I mean, it can be maddening. You, you know where something is. You know what shelf it's on. You know whether it's on the right hand, the left hand. You can tell them what color. You can tell them all them things. Now listen, some of you are sitting here saying it's not just my kids. There's a wife saying it's my husband. And there's a husband saying it's my wife. Amen. And, uh, uh, and when I'm feeling real bold and, and real brave, I, I, I will tell Sister Carolyn, I, I, she'll, you know, she'll be looking for stuff. She says, I don't know where it's at. I said, I know how you and Ashlyn both look for stuff. And I say that when I'm feeling real brave and when I'm feeling real bold. Amen. And, uh, but she can, she can uh, say that to me sometimes too, Brother Eli. Uh, but I think of, you know, I can send Ashlyn on a mission. I say, sis, it's over here. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, three shelves up. It's over here on the right. It's blue, whatever the case might be. And she comes, comes back bewildered, looking like she just left, uh, you know, the, the desert somewhere. She's been on a, on a, on a trek uh, for hundreds of miles. And, and she had to stop and get a snack. And she had to stop and, and talk to a friend along the phone a friend, amen, to help her along the way. And, and she comes back empty-handed. I said, well, where's the item, you know? Well, Dad, I, I looked high and low. I've spent months in the desert looking for this item. I, I'm nearly famished. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm another year older now since I've come back. And I could not find it anywhere. And, uh, I, I, I just, and then, and then... Brother Tobin, the excuses come, right? Uh, there was this and there was that and there was this thing and there was that thing. And, and, and for whatever the case might be, I just couldn't find what that, that thing that you sent me for. And, and uh, so sometimes uh, I will say, uh, and, and, and you parents can identify, don't look at me judgmental because you know you've said the same thing. I'll say, if I have to get up, And if I walk in there and I find that item, you're in trouble, right? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the excuses kind of dry up. And, and, uh, and miraculously, it's a work of God. It's a miracle. I mean, that all of a sudden, here it is. I don't know how, how I overlooked that. I don't know how it was. And, and I say all of that, and I know it's comical, but we will make excuses. And the truth is, just like my daughter sometimes on looking for something, or any of us on excuses that we give, there we there is this truth that sets in every excuse and it is the fact that we could have done more. It is the fact that we could have prioritized. It is the fact that we should have adjusted the schedule. It's the fact that we should have followed through. It's the fact that we made a commitment and we should have kept it. Amen, Brother Jake. Oh, I know I might hang out here alone for a little bit, but I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, we have excuses, and then there are reasons. There are, there are reasons. And, and I want you to know today, I believe with all of my heart, that God is looking for people. That there, I believe, is a clarion call from heaven in the day and time in which we are. Oh, 
Behold, the Word of God says, The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on that glorious light. Oh, and let us do the work of God. For night cometh when no man shall be able to work. There are those around us. The day having been more evil. Situations going on in our families. Hearts that are breaking. There are things going on. Amen. I was talking with the grandmother just yesterday. And the grandchild, not even a teenager, still, if you will, in those preteen primary years, just last week, had confessed to the family about a desire to commit suicide and just troubled. I'm just talking about a young boy whose mind and heart is all over the place. I'm here to tell you there are things going on around us. There are things going on in our homes. There are things going on in the in the families that we love and friends we love. Some of them you're talking with them and you see them every day in your workplace. Some of them you're sitting at the very same table together in the living room in the same car and there's things that are happening and I want to tell you I believe if more than ever before God needs a church full of people who would make a decision to say I want to be a reason that somebody comes to know Jesus Christ I want to be a reason that somebody can experience his power and his love. Amen. Oh, when we talk about a reason, I want you to know that when we look at this in simple definition, it says it is the basis or motive for action or decision. A basis or motive for action or decision. I want you today, I pray that God would challenge our hearts. And want you to understand this morning that I believe God wants you and I to be the reason that somebody, first I want to tell you that somebody is reached. I want you to understand God wants you and I to be the reason that somebody is reached. Now, I want you to understand, as we look at this particular place in Scripture, I want you to understand that there are some things that are going on in the context of this Scripture, in the things that are going on, amen, that there is seemingly uh, as to where there could be argument that is pressed by Paul and Silas that their particular predicament is not fair, that they had simply been preaching the gospel of Christ if you read earlier in this chapter they had been preaching they had been casting out a demon and a devil and the whole town's upset money makers are upset you have to go I'm not going to spend time going back through the course of the story you can read it on your own in the previous verses of this chapter but I want you to understand they have been imprisoned here they are in a place and sister Anna their argument could have been 
that what's going on is not fair. What's going on is not convenient. What's going on doesn't it seems like maybe God doesn't care about us. That maybe the situation that's going on. Here we are in this prison. Here we are locked in stocks and chains. Here we are in this place that is not at all what we had hoped for it to be. And can I say this morning is that I believe that God would want to challenge our hearts today and help you to understand that we oftentimes we associate somebody being reached by way of a platform, a pulpit, a microphone, a song, and a sermon. We think about somebody being reached by way of a campaign, a crusade, a revival, a tent meeting, a missions trip. Every one of the things that I said are venues and vehicles that God will use to reach people. But I'm going to tell you, I believe with all of my heart the greatest way that people are reached and impacted for the gospel. Because, Sister Kimberly, I know people and you know people. We all know folks. Sister Amy, they'll never come to revival. They will never come set in a Sunday service. They're not going to come to your Sunday school class. They're not going to come to your Bible study. Oh, but Brother Eli, they're going to be there when you're working on the plumbing at their house. They're going to be there in that restaurant trapped with you for 8 to 10 hours, Sister Anna. They're going to be with you, Brother Michael, in that plant working. They're going to be there, Brother Eddie, while you're in that facility around your co-workers and customers that come in. I'm going to tell you, there's some of them. And that, and let, me, let me make you very much aware of this. Is that when we see the hurting and when we see the broken and when we see those that need Christ and His love and power at work in their lives, I will let you know it's not always going to be in the facility of a church, in the capacity of something religious, but in the day-to-day affairs of life, in the places where the rubber meets the road, in the places that are ugly, in the places that are messy, in the places that not everybody wants to spend some time in. Oh, but I pray today, there's some of you, you are in some of those places. You're in some particular situations. You are in a struggle and a battle. And you'd say, Brother Jacob, I don't know what God's doing with me in this place, with this infirmity, with this particular problem. I'm going to dare to tell somebody in this house, you are where you are because you're there to reach somebody for the gospel's sake. You're there to touch someone's life. Hallelujah. Oh, but pastor, I thought it was a matter. We get everybody to church and you do the reaching. No, sir. No, ma'am. Let me just give you a little bit of ministry 101. Amen. The New Testament, Apostle Paul reminded the church, when you come into this house, the role of the pastor, amen, is to present you with truth and tools to equip you. Come on here. Thank you, Sister Sandy. To equip you so that you might go out and be able to facilitate. 
I'm not, I don't want to embarrass Sister Coco. And Sister Coco, I'm not saying this to embarrass you. But the other day, when we was getting ready for Ashlyn's birthday party, I ran over to Sam's. And I was, I, was, I, had, I was waiting. We had some pizzas being cooked. And I was waiting, Brother Jeremy, for those pizzas to be cooked. I had about 20, 25 minutes. And so what do you do with 20, 25 minutes in Sam's? You shop. Where else can you get rotisserie chicken and jumper cables all in the same place? Come on here. And so I had my big oversized Sam's cart and I'm walking the aisles and I'm looking at things and, and I'm looking and I, I had the timer set on my watch when the lady told me I could come up and get my pizzas. And as I was there, I was, I was heading back over in the, in, the, in the food section and where the waters and the, and the Cokes and all those things are. And I looked and there was one of, them, uh, one of them tables set up. And you know how it is. Another thing beautiful about Sam's, you can go in hungry and and leave empty or leave full. Amen. You can sample anything from an energy bar to a, 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 a peanut butter and jelly something. You know, I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff everywhere. And Sister Coco, she is a merchandiser and she was there and she had her table set up. Well, she had her, her company ball cap on. And so when I was just looking, I didn't recognize her. She had her ball cap on and there she was and there was a man talking. Well, Brother Gary, the closer that I got, the closer that I got, she was in conversation with this gentleman and sister Coco wasn't aware of the fact that I could hear her conversation she hadn't seen me yet but I'd seen her there and I heard her say she said I can tell you right now she began to tell that man how long she has been clean and sober and she was telling that man about the work that God was doing in her life and he was standing there listening and say all the while she's putting her merchandise together and he was there well what was it, Coco? Was it an energy drink? What? It was an energy drink. While is there over that energy drink, Coco, did, she wasn't on the platform at Victory Temple. She didn't have a microphone in her hand. It wasn't at a Sunday school class. But right there in the middle of Sam's, Sister Coco, there she was. And she was being a reason. And she was reaching to somebody. Don't necessarily know all that man's story. But this is what I'm going to tell you. I know Coco would tell you today. I'm not saying anything to embarrass her. She would tell you, yes, there was bad decisions in life. There was things that happened that took her down a rough road. And there was times she looked around in the prison of addiction. But I can tell you that you came out of that prison, Sister Coco, for the reason that somebody might be reached for the gospel's sake. Come on here. I wasn't going to interrupt because my sister was preaching. And so I was going, and, and she might have thought I was trying to ignore her, but I wasn't. I saw everything that was happening. And I wasn't going to interrupt her, so I was moving on by, and I heard her say, Pastor Jacob. And I turned, and I said, hey, Sister Coco, and I went over, and she gave me a big hug, and she looked at me, and she said, this is my pastor. And you know what I wanted to do? I didn't have buttons on my shirt. I had a, had a, polo, a t-shirt or polo on. And so I didn't have any buttons to pop. But Brother Tobin, if I had buttons on my shirt, 
I tell you, and I mean, you couldn't have given me $500 and me been any more happier. Sister Coco, there she was. No, but she didn't know Pastor was in the background hearing what was going on. Because some folks, they'll be the reason. They'll do right when somebody they know is watching them. Somebody the other day said something that was off color. And they said it around me. And somebody said, oh, don't you say that around the preacher. And I, and I laughed. And I said, well, not just the preacher. Just, just don't say it because Jesus is listening. <laughs> Silas calls me Brother Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I've got one convinced I'm living like him. Amen. It doesn't matter. But here's the thing. She had no idea. And Sister Coco, been a lot of pain in your life. A lot of tears shed. A long road. There's things that you've been through that nobody else in here has been through. And there's people sitting behind you and beside you in this house. Brother Eli, you've got a testimony and a story. Sister Anna, Brother Eddie, Sister Mildred, every one of us in this house. There's some place you've been. Sister Linda, there's some storms. There's some days. There's some struggle, but you put pen to paper and you said, I'll let my story be a reason that somebody can be reached. I want to tell somebody this morning is that before you start getting bitter with God and before you start blaming God and before you start telling God how hard your life is and how unacceptable it is and you wish it was easy as this one and that one and you don't understand why this and why that. Listen, I know we've all made some knucklehead mistakes. I know that we put ourselves in some positions. But Brother Michael, the beautiful thing about the mercy of God is when we come to Him, He'll take all the messes and He says I can take what you made a mess and I can put it all together and I can give it purpose I can give it power I can give it reason I can make it beautiful he still gives beauty brother beauty for the ashes of my life but he does so so that someone might be reached hear what I'm saying some of you you might have kids grandkids Things going on, situations, you've got loved ones in your life, meaner than a Texas rattlesnake. you got things going on, you don't know what's happening. And there's times we are in the middle of those situations. And Sister Carmen, we think it's unfair, it's not right. Why is this going on? I want to tell you right now, look around because there are people right in the middle of the place you're at. And they are the reason. They are the reason. God has you in particular places, not just because He's growing you and showing you some things, but He will have you in places and positions and situations in your life because you are going to cross paths with somebody. And God says, I love humanity so much, and I will not give up on people, and I will love people in such a way that I am going to put you right in the middle of it. Long before Paul and Silas planned on spending the night in that jail, that jailer was on God's mind. I want you to think on that a minute. I want you to let that marinate. Because we think they're in prison and, oh, by the way, this jailer's there. No, sir. No, ma'am. God in his omniscience. Just like Brother Coleman, every 
night strike. You don't know from time to time. You've got your regulars. You've got your regular ones that are going to be there. But sometimes you get a David. If you weren't here to hear the story of David, there are some of you might have thought Brother Liddell was absolutely crazy when he said, I want, God wants a David in this house to know that God has heard his prayers and that he loves him and that everything's going to be all right. Some of you, some of you were like me. Some of you were like me. I said, we ain't got a David in here. Somebody in your pew, you were so self-righteous, you said, well, bless God, he's not a super spiritual man of God up there. I mean, we ain't got a David. I ain't never seen a David in all my years. You know, all that going on in your mind. And you're laughing, but you was thinking it. I, what's he saying David for? And the, my first thought, I said, we ain't got a David. And then God immediately said, you met David before church. You met him before church. If you weren't here a couple of Sunday nights back, we introduced David to you who was in that service. And I mean, I don't have time this morning to go into all that detail. But Brother Coleman, long before you ever get on that parking lot, God knows. And it could be your worst day, battling with the county, battling with what, all the things going on. And you thinking, what in the world? I mean, I, I, could, I could just, you know, scream I'm aggravated sometimes. God, I don't know why this. You promised to harvest the souls. You promised this. You promised we could minister. Why are we in the middle of this? Why is this going on? And God's smiling and saying, if you weren't here, if you weren't where you're at, I wouldn't be able to send you a David. If you weren't where you're at, I wouldn't be able to put somebody in your pathway. Sister Gloria, if you weren't where you at, Dr. Jen, Dr. Bob probably would never be in the house of God here today. I'm here to tell you, you never can tell that where you are in your place, God's going to use you to reach somebody. Here's the problem with circumstance. We get in a bad position, in a bad place, and we don't like it. We pout. We throw temper tantrums. We carry on. We want to have a meeting. We want to have counseling. And I'll talk with you. Somebody's saying, boy, he's aggravated. Somebody, no. I'll talk with you. I'll counsel with you. I'll pray with you. But you, you're throwing a fit and you're mad and you're mad at the world. And you're going to, I'll show God. I'll go ahead and go to church. But I'll show him. I'm going to set the. I'll show him. Brother Jacob's going to say, raise your hands, clap your hands, praise the Lord, come down to the altar. And I'm, I'm going to show him. I'm going to dig my heels in. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going to do it because I'm mad. I don't like the place I'm in. I don't like the situations that's going on. I don't like these things. And here's the problem with our pain, with our position, and with the things that we're suffering in. It will make you very self-centered. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. It'll make you very self-centered. You're only worried about you and you trying to get out of that situation. And I'm going to tell you is that not only does God love you enough to have you there, but He has you there because there's somebody else who is the reason why. Somebody else is the reason why. 
I want you to understand today is that there are people who need to be reached and they need to be reached by your testimony, your current calamity, your conflict, your circumstance. Can it be? And I believe, Brother Danny, yes it is. It is for the sole purpose that someone is going to be reached. Just Wednesday night, Benjamin was sitting right there where Chad was. And I told Brother Benjamin, I went over to him and I said, Benjamin, I said it could be that you've went back to the hospital this last week because he was aggravated. That's just natural. Didn't want to have to be there. Didn't want to have to be taking chemo again. Didn't want to have to be pumped full of steroids. I get it. And the fact that I, I, can, I can identify, I can say in the fact, I, I get it, buddy. I, I'd be aggravated too. I wouldn't like it either. I don't want to do that either. But you see, on this particular trip, you heard Sister Torbert say there was a little nine-year-old girl, Amelia, who's been recently diagnosed with cancer. They got to meet her, got to meet mom and dad, and mom and dad are very tender. They are very much searching for someone who can love them, who can provide them hope. And I'll tell you every time a thousand times, that person is Christ Jesus. And they presented the gospel to that family. I told Ben, I said, he loves you enough and he loves Amelia enough. To have you at that hospital on that day, at that time, even if it's just for her. Your current problem, your current inconvenience, your current moment could be the very reason that somebody, I want you, I want to, I want to speak very plainly here. I want you to get this. It could be the very reason that someone is born again. Somebody's born again. Be the reason somebody is reached. We find here they are in the prison. They're in this place. Through their praise, through their worship, an earthquake takes place. The prisoners' chains have fallen off. There they are. And we find that this jailer is here. And as he is awakened, he is scared to death because he had one job to do, Brother Coleman. And how is he going to explain this? He knows, Aunt Dodie, he's a dead man walking right now. And he had made up in his mind, before I let the soldiers kill me, before I get an execution sentence, I'm just going to kill myself. Paul, he hollers out and he says, do thyself. No harm. You see, the jailer was going to be reached because Paul was in the prison. And also, this man, when we reach somebody, I want you to understand, it's not just the fact that they are reached, but we have to be willing to go further. And what I mean by going further is, it's one thing to talk with somebody. It's one thing to plant a seed, and God puts you in your paths and cross, crosses your paths with somebody. But it's for the purpose that they are rescued. That they are rescued. I want you to understand is that when we look at this, we come to find as this man, he's about to end his life. He says, I'm not going to do this. Let me, say, let, me, let me say something right here. I believe God wants somebody to hear this this morning. Paul and Silas forfeited their escape. Think about that. Here they are 
in prison, in stocks, in bonds. They've had a prayer meeting and they've sang praises. I believe, Brother Marvin, they sang a few Henson songs. And they were singing and the earth began to quake. The Bible says the jail cells opened, the stocks came off. Paul and Silas forfeited their escape. If it was some of us, whoo, hallelujah, he set me free. We would have said, excuse me, pardon me, I'm on my way out of here, right? Don't, you ain't got to tell me twice. I mean, this, uh, you know, how many times this, uh, oh, this is God, hallelujah, we're out of here. We're set free. But Paul and Silas stayed. Paul and Silas forfeited their rescue. I want to tell somebody in this house, there's a situation you're in. There's pain you're in. There's a problem you're in. And you've been crying for rescue. And God says, you don't need to be rescued yet. Because there's somebody else around you that needs to be rescued. They forfeited their escape so that that jailer could be rescued. I want to tell somebody in this house, be careful of always looking for an exit out of something seemingly inconvenient and know that God has somebody in your vicinity who needs to hear the words and speak the essence of do yourself no harm. Do yourself no harm. Well, Brother Jacob, is it really that serious? Yes, it's that serious. It's that serious. Have you noticed that we as the church, and when I say church, I'm talking about the church, especially the church in America. Church is another part, the church in the other parts of the world, the body of Christ in other parts of the world, they're well acquainted with suffering. They're well acquainted with persecution. If the air conditioners went out today, we'd all be in a, in a fit, right? Because it'd be at 155 degrees in here and we just couldn't stand it. We don't know persecution. You've heard me say, you've heard me say, and let me say it again loud and clear as I want to set the record straight. Somebody that has a different political view than you, you're not persecuted. It's taken some of y'all a little bit. Because there's somebody, there's folks in here. Well, but they, but they think this, and they think they voted this way. And they, you're not persecuted. They didn't like your comment on Facebook. You're not persecuted. You didn't get invited to the party. You're not persecuted. You didn't get, you didn't get to go to the rest. You're not persecuted. I want you to listen to me. We are consumed. The Church of the United States is consumed with people that if it's not going their way, they're looking for a way out. They're wanting an exit. That's why we see in this day and time where folks, they come in for a little bit, something happens and they leave. Whatever the happening was, it could have been me, it could have been the singing, it could have been, the, it could have been they didn't like the red carpet, it could have been uh, who knows. And people will go, people will come, people will go. 
But we have this go mentality because if it's not just what we want, we're looking for an easy way out. There are some people, even in this building, may I dare say, I love you with all my heart, but there's some of you setting this building, you're setting on go. And not go do something for the kingdom. You're daring me. You will dare me to say something or do something you don't like so you have a reason to leave. You're waiting for somebody to offend you. You're waiting for somebody to hurt your feelings. You're waiting to not be invited. You're waiting to find because the complaint, the grumble, the problem's been working its way inside of you a long time. And you're ready to escape. Some folks like to escape because they don't like the accountability. They don't like the truth. They don't like the Lord dealing with sin. We might pack some boxes, Sister Carolyn. We may not be invited back. But there are people who are looking to be rescued. We are coming. Can I say, I feel like I need to say this. You're coming to the altar and you're praying God to set you free from a place, a position, a thing. And I'm not talking about sinful bondage that would send you to hell. I'm talking about you're trying to pray through some inconveniences in your life. You're wanting God to change a situation. You're wanting God to change your employment, give you more money, give, give you a different address, give you, some of you have been praying, I, Lord, I, I, I just need a new family. I just, I, those cousins of mine, all the single folks want to be married and all the married folks want to, watch it, don't you amen right there, don't you do it. Watch yourself. Keep looking at me, Brother Heath. <laughs> there are things that, Brother Bobby, it's not a life or death issue. It's an inconvenience. They forfeited their escape because there was a man in their vicinity who was willing to kill himself. Do thyself no harm. And the Bible says that in the rest portion of the rescue, the jailer comes in with the lantern and he finds him there and he falls down before him trembling. And he asks the question, Brother Chad, the greatest question in all the world that anybody could ask. He said, Sirs, what can I do to be saved? Can I tell you the greatest message preached will not be from this pulpit. It will not be with Brother Jacob given a title you will not find it on a DVD from Brother Clinton and Brother Turnage but it will be the testimony of your life the greatest gospel message preached is your testimony it is your walk with God it is your relationship with God and what it says to the masses and the multitudes you see, the world might have an expectation of me because I'm a preacher. But I want to tell somebody, there's somebody who needs to be rescued. And they are looking at your life. And I pray somebody would dare ask you the question, how can I be saved? How can I? We sing the song often here, let me tell you about my Jesus. 
Can I ask the question, is there anybody on this Mission Sunday who it's been a while since you've been consumed with the thought, I need to tell somebody about my Jesus. I need to show somebody his love. I need to reach out to somebody. It's not enough to sit in our homes, go through our routines and say, well, you know, I was thinking about so-and-so. I hadn't talked to him in six months. Hadn't seen him in a while. I just, I just, they just kind of been on my mind. Stop! They're on your mind for a reason. Test one, two. I'm there. Oh, thank you, Brother Casey. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Hear me. Somebody's on your heart and mind for a reason. Call them. Invite them to lunch. Cook them some supper. Send them a card. Do something that tells somebody, I care about you. That tells somebody, I'm praying for you. That tells somebody, if you need anything, would you let me know? And I'd be happy to help in any way I can. Because, Brother Danny, that person very well may need to be rescued. Be the reason somebody's rescued. Be the reason they're reached, they're rescued. And my last thought is this. Be the reason that somebody rejoices. The Bible says, they told that jailer, said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Brother Jeremy, there was nothing complicated. There was no hoops to jump through. There was no 10 steps to this and 16 steps to do that. Do this, sir, and you shall be saved. You know why, Sister Amber, we don't have to complicate it? Because Christ is enough. Can I tell somebody in this house, there's folks you're praying for and you see all their struggle, you see all their problems, you can pick them apart in five minutes, you know everything going on, you know their, their past, you know their history, you know all the things where they're wrong and you're right. All their failures and all your strengths. And we get to looking through that lens and we get to thinking, well, I don't know if God can help them, I don't know if this can take place, I don't know if that can take place. And then, and then sometimes... When God puts people around us to be reached and rescued, we want to analyze and we want to, we want to facilitate all these thoughts and we want to break people down and, we want to, and then we want, to, we want to question their sincerity. We want to question, are they able? And I love Sister Debbie, they just said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved. And do you know just that, Sister Jerry, was enough for not only for him to be saved, but for his household to be saved. I believe in education. I believe in studying the word of God to, to, know my, to, to show yourself approved. I believe all that. But brother, Hemp Hill, there's folks, they don't need to know what Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary has to say about all the things as far as predestination and, all, uh, and, and, and water baptism and all these things. Can I tell you, there are some of you, you have talked yourself out of reaching somebody, rescuing somebody because you'd say, I don't know enough Bible. I ain't been to 
of seminary. I don't know enough this. I don't know enough that. Let me just remind you, Christ is absolutely enough. Introduce him. Show him. Live him. Preach him. Talk about him. And it's enough. That it saved him and his household. And he told Paul and Silas, this is the beautiful thing. When God's purpose was fulfilled, those men were escorted out of that prison. He said, come on to my house. And you know what happened? They got to the jailer's house. And Sister Kelsey, that jailer, they got water and rags and they began to wash the stripes those bleeding stripes on the back of Paul and Silas. You see, you're, sometimes you're afraid to do too much reaching and do too much rescuing because, like I said earlier, it's all about me. What about me? What about my pain? What about my problems? I can assure you that when you're doing what God wants you to do, when you are the reason, He's going to take care of those things that are left undone in your life. There... Wounds were washed. And Paul said, where'd you get that water from? Let's just all go down and let's just have us a baptism. Let's just go down and let's just get baptized. And the Bible says he baptized his house. They all believed in God. And then it says they sat around and the word of God says they rejoiced. They rejoiced. There's some of us, you wouldn't know what praise or rejoicing look like if it punched you in the face. I never lost my hope. I never lost my joy. I never lost my faith. What time is it? What did you put in the crock pot for lunch today? <laughs> I wonder if the fish are biting. I wonder what's going on. Oh, I've got this to do at work Monday. I love you to death, but some of you wouldn't know what praise or rejoice look like if it punched you. Or too many times. Instead of a reason to rejoice, the church and God's people have sometimes a source of embarrassment. God, you're just going to have to do something with this this morning. I like Jeremiah right now, be not afraid of their faces. You hear what I'm saying? The church sometimes has been an embarrassment. There are times we have acted in ways and we've talked in ways and we lived in ways that have been so contradictory. We have behaved and we have judged and we have been ludicrous. We have written people off before they could ever come in and be saved, before they could ever be reached or rescued. We've wrote them off. You hear what I'm saying? Would you be the reason that somebody rejoices? How about we be the reason? How about that we're so contagious? And you can be contagious one way or the other. There's some folks, your attitude's so sour. You're contagious because when folks get around you, they get sour. 
There's some folks that you're contagious in the fact that you'll set on God. And as a result of that, ten people in the radius of your pew will set on God too. But I, Sister Ricks, I want it to be that we are a reason that somebody can rejoice. Do I have everything in life I want? Absolutely not. Is everything perfect for Pastor Jacob? No, sir. No, ma'am. Is it just always tiptoe through the tulips? No. But here's what I do know. Is at the end of the day, I have been saved from hell. I have been redeemed. I am on my way to heaven. And Brother Price, that means on my worst day I've got a reason to rejoice I've got a reason to glorify God I've got a reason to be thankful this ain't the cemetery of Victory Temple you say well brother Jake you're wanting us to put on some kind I'm not talking about a bunch of shallow exuberance. But I'm talking about folks at Sister Debbie, we know where we've been. And we know where we're headed. And we know what God's done. And may it be that when people come into this place, and let me say it because somebody said, well, I am that way when I'm at church, but maybe you're not that way at work. This is one of the Mauer ones. I'm sorry. Am I good? Don't get nervous. Brother Danny, come on. Sister Carolyn. Because somebody right now is real nervous. Somebody right now says, you have, you're not reaching me anymore and you're not rescuing me now. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, be a, to be a reason people rejoice, maybe where you are and where God has you, maybe that is not contagious. Maybe your joy hasn't been contagious. Maybe your zeal has not been contagious. And I'm telling you something right now. Is that those attributes, those characteristics, they speak volumes to people. Be the reason somebody rejoices. Be the reason. I'll say it again. I'm so proud I didn't walk in Sam's and I was not embarrassed of Coco. I didn't walk upon an improper conversation. I didn't walk upon her cussing somebody out. I rejoiced. I rejoiced. That man, we don't know, only eternity can tell. What God will do with the seeds that were sown that day, Coco. Prayerfully, when you step through the gates of that city, you see that man there and he says, I'm here because you reached me. You rescued me. I rejoice today in the presence of God because you were the reason. You were the reason. Church, missions has got to be more than a graphic on the wall. It's got to be more than a dollar in the plate. It's got to be more than our cute kids walking around receiving their missions offering. 
Missions has got to be more than a project that pastor presents to you. To feed someone, buy a missionary a vehicle, help build a church, supply water filters. All those things are important. All those things have been done and will continue to do more. But missions has got to be more than that. So what do you mean, Brother Jake? Missions has to be personal. Missions has to be a part of who you are. Be the reason. Be the reason. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you today. I thank you today that you've loved us. I thank you today, Lord, that you've been gracious to us. Lord, today I know, I'm very much aware, there are people that are in all kinds of situations, positions, calamities and circumstances, but I believe that you're using it for your glory. I pray today somebody believe again that you're working all things for good. And the good is very much for the reason that somebody's tied to us. There are some that are in circumstances today, and the only reason they've met a particular person is because they're in that place. Lord, let us not overlook it. Not, let us not take it for granted. Let us not always be looking for an escape, always for an exit. But God, help us that we are looking for a reason to share you. Somebody needs reached. Somebody needs rescued. Somebody needs to rejoice. And I pray you'd challenge our hearts today. Church with hearts... Tender before the Lord, heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm just going to ask you this question. Are you here today? And your testimony truly is, is that you're in God's house today because somebody was the reason that you came to know Christ. And today the Holy Ghost is dealing with you. Lord, help me to be that reason. Lord, let the power of God, the love of God resonate through my life in such a way. If that's your heart today, I'm going to ask you, why don't you come? Why don't we come out from these pews? Why don't we come and find a place and say, God, challenge me that I'd be that reason. Sister Carolyn, I want you to go ahead and start singing that song, please. I want you to... As you're praying, I want you to let the words of this song resonate in your mind and in your heart and your ears. Oh, this morning, Lord, help me that I'm a reason. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me if I've, if I've went against. Forgive me if I've, if I've been a problem. Forgive me, Lord, if I have been in a situation where I've been a hindrance. But, Lord, I want to be a reason that somebody has reached. Somebody has rescued. Somebody rejoices. Lord, I want to be a reason. 